Hey, I just want to know, um, do we each have the same spit guards every time? Because if not, that's not sanitary. I don't want Corey's COVID. Testing one, two, three. Test mic check. (laughs) (laughs) So great. This is the Regular Pastor Podcast, a podcast devoted to regular pastors of regular churches. My name is Landon Coleman. I am a regular pastor here at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. Today we got a full house. The crew is here. Corey, also known as Les Spear, sitting to my left. Hunter, a.k.a. The Reaper, sitting Your straight boy. across from me. And Jake... Maybe the manliest man I know sitting directly Maybe? to my right. Definitely the manliest man. <laughs> Awkward laughter on that one. Um, Hunter, why are we calling you the Reaper? Why do you have a new nickname? Um, because I beat all of you nerds in a wing-eating contest. I don't remember it exactly like that, but something similar to that happened. Uh, Jake, do you have any commentary on the wing-eating contest? Okay, so technically Hunter did eat all of the wings first. Which means he won. Which does mean he won. He did not win gracefully. (laughs) (laughs) How did he win? (laughs) The noises that were coming out of his mouth (laughs) as he was eating these wings. Kind of like a pig going to slaughter. Well, I've never been a part of an exorcism, but that's what I imagine an exorcism would sound like. We uh, we posted a few pictures. Uh, Jake's thought was we should have posted a uh, video, a Facebook Live, because then the winner would have likely been mocked the most by those joining us online. Nevertheless, you're the champ. Hey. You get the listen. nickname Reaper because we ate Carolina Reaper hot wings at Buffalo Wild Wings, which brings me to the sponsor of today's episode, the Carolina Reaper Wing at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> when you go back to B-dubs, are you going to get them again? Heck no. Why not? <laughs> you saw how hot they were. <laughs> I thought Satan was whispering a curse in mine. I bet if Jake was buying them, he would eat them. No. No. I only did that to prove you nerds that I could beat you. Well, you won. <laughs> you were the champ. Corey and I were sort of keeping pace in the middle there, and Jake was I was eating them last. slow because I enjoyed them. <laughs> oh, I wanted to savor oh. the flavor. Oh, Jakey, Jakey, Jakey. Uh, you know, normally Jake is referred to as mild salsa on this podcast. I, I'm, I'm considering dropping the nickname because you did eat the wings, and they were hotter than mild salsa. The only thing that gives me pause about giving up the nickname Mild Salsa is that I didn't give it to you. Your wife gave you that nickname. That's true. And I don't want to get in between a thing in your marriage. I don't want to meddle in a home. And so if your wife feels like that's a good nickname, we probably need to roll with it. No, she doesn't. We probably need to stick with it. We'll check with Desiree. Okay. 
Can we uh, call her right now? <laughs> that would be amazing, right? <laughs> Live in on the podcast. Uh, Jake, um, I wish you would have brought sunglasses for us. You are glowing over there on the, <laughs> the far side of the table. You've got hunting orange on, and apparently you're going to try out for the volleyball team at UTPB. I am. You picked that up at uh, Door of Hope. Door of Hope for 99 cents. You paid too much. Tax. You paid too much. <laughs> you pay tax at Door of Hope? I do. Okay. Well, there you go. You di- you paid. You didn't barter. I'm almost surprised you didn't barter I, like I an have old golf tried club bartering or there, and they do not barter with you. Not interested, huh? No, I okay. don't even try anymore. Uh, where are you going this afternoon? We're doing this in the morning because you're leaving. Where are you going? Uh, we are going to uh, Abilene, going camping with my family, my brother, and my parents. And so we're going to spend a few days at the campsite, hanging out. Real camping. Tent camping, uh, wilderness camping, uh, primitive camping. What are you doing? It's these little camping. sleeping in a cabin. I don't know. I've never slept. It's this little. I don't know. Like is a it a building? Jet. No, it's like a little tent kind of thing. But it does have like a portable AC unit and electricity. So it's that kind would be of that would be glamping, gl- glamping, glamping. Yes. Appropriate for a guy who's known <laughs> as mild salsa. <laughs> All right. Enough of that nonsense. Uh, welcome to uh, you all, the greatest podcast audience in the history of podcasts. We're glad to have you with us today. And we're going to talk about something that is a little more serious than what we've been joking around about. Um, I've been thinking about this podcast topic for several months. Uh, we're going to talk about a young man who was part of our church. His name was Braden Chapman. Um, when Braden was uh, 11, 12 years old, this is about 18 months, two years ago, uh, he was diagnosed with cancer. And the diagnosis he got initially from the doctors was really, really not a good diagnosis or a good prognosis. Uh, he took chemo treatments. He took radiation treatments. They were very aggressive. Uh, he responded well to those. And earlier this year, he had sort of a a final checkup with the doctors, and they said, you are good to go. You're all clear. Um, You are in remission. And they sent him home and said, we'll see you for a check uh, in a few months. Within a couple of weeks, he was feeling really bad, uh, went to the ER. Uh, His tumors had come back. There was nothing that the doctors could do, and so essentially they sent him home on hospice care and I don't have the whole timeline in my brain exactly, but it, it seems like it was a matter of days, maybe a couple of weeks after they sent him home until he passed away. So that's a hard thing for a church to go through. That's a hard thing for a family to go through. It was made harder by COVID and some of the restrictions that were in place as far as what could be done at the church, what could be done uh, going over to see him and folks being around. It was just sort of uh, an awkwardness. That was much earlier in the COVID process, and uh, people were trying to navigate that and figure all that that nonsense out. Um, what I want to do in this episode is just reflect a little bit as pastors, as leaders of a church, to think back about our experience with Braden. He was here at our church for all of about three years. Um, And I'm just curious, as you think back on that, what your thoughts are, what you learned, what the takeaway is. Um, 
I, I wanted to put some time between his passing and our talking about it so that there would be a, a decent amount of opportunity to reflect and to think about the entire situation. Uh, sometimes you're so close to a tragedy or a crisis, it's hard to really process it. And so I don't know that we've finished the, the grieving process or the, the processing aspect of all this, but enough time has gone by where we can, we can talk about it and we can think about it. So, uh, Hunter, as you look back on it, you're the youth pastor. Uh, over the last couple of years, Braden moved out of preteen ministry up into the youth group. Something that you have learned, something you've thought about, an insight you've pulled out, a question you've wrestled with, throw something on the table as you look back on that whole experience. As I, as I think about that, the first thing that comes to mind is I was not prepared to handle that, to lead through that. That was, that was a very hard situation. Um, and I've been in, in student ministry now for 10 years, and this is the first time I've, I've dealt with that. And it was a very, you, you just are not prepared for that. What would have prepared you to deal with it? <clears throat> Honestly, I don't know that anything would. Um, I mean, what what can prepare you for dealing with childhood cancer um, and ministering people through that, ministering students through that? Um, you can you can read a book on that. You can talk to someone else who's gone through it. But I think you're right. Until it's a kid in your group and it's a mm-hmm. situation in your church, you're not prepared for it. And it's just one of those situations in ministry that comes up that you figure it out as you go and you trust God to walk, walk with you through it. And you make mistakes and you look back and say, man, I wish I could have done some of that different. And maybe next time you would do some of it different. Um, but I think that's a common, a common pastoral experience. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, what do you think? Something you learned, something you've thought about as you look back on the whole thing, you know, as, as Hunter and I had talked about, uh, I told him through all of my years of youth ministry that I did not have a student that had become sick or passed away and was very blessed in that. But I had, I have had to deal with that with a lot of church members. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think I was, a little, had a little more insight on how to handle those types of things and seeing the ugliness of, of what, you know, our fallen world and that we live in. And, and, um, I think the most difficult part, yeah, you're walking through it with the family is, is, uh, dealing with that with the students who have to grapple with that. Cause I remember in, in middle school when I lost a friend, um, he, uh, passed away in a, in a plane crash and, and us struggling with that and walking through that and having to talk with people in that and uh, the difficulties of that. And I can't even imagine what it would be like to have someone in your church youth group go through that. And so uh, I think you did a, a wonderful job in getting students around the house to walk through that with them, to be a part of the process with them, uh, mourning with them, uh, explaining to them, um, what was happening, what was going on, and just being there for Braden. I, I mean, 
kudos to you. I know this isn't about you, but I thought you did a great job during all that process. There's a there's a minute. I had a professor who used to talk about the ministry of presence, mm-hmm. um, not presence like Christmas presents, but presence like being there. Yeah. Um, I, you have to be there um, as much as possible, and in a situation like this, I think what you're you're driving at is not just presence with Braden and his family, but also presence with the other students who are processing right. it. And you got all those kids going through a grieving process at different speeds, at different stages. Um, it's hard to walk a group through something like that. And probably the best way you do it is you walk individuals through it individually. But there is a, a group sense in which you're trying to, you know, work through something and process something. And, right. Um, and deal with it. So I think that's, uh, I think that's good. Jake, anything that you have thought about over the last few months as you've reflected on the whole situation? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've just been kind of wrestling with the thought of, or like coming to terms with, like how shielded I am, and I think a lot of us as Americans are from <laughs> suffering and from mm. more tragic deaths. I mean, we have you know, the blessings of, of modern medicine and, you know, we're able to, to, to fix sickness if we can. And I don't know, just realizing how blessed we truly are and I'll praise God that you guys haven't had to deal with hmm. death in your ministries before. Um, and I know like in other places, like our church goes to Kenya, I've, I've never been to Kenya personally. And I know that there's a lot more young deaths hmm. there and in other places around the country. They're just like, I don't know, realizing how blessed we are as, as a nation and, and, you know, in our location just to be shielded from a lot of that. Yeah, prosperity and doctors and medicine and hospitals and all that sort of insulate us from some of that suffering that is more normal, is more expected. It's I don't know that routine would be the right word, but it's more, you go through it more, you know, in other parts of the world that don't have the the medical opportunities that we have here. Um, I, I think about Chris Harrington telling us about some recent things some of those our pastors, our partner pastors have gone through that seem so, just recent things, they seem so foreign to us. We don't deal with those kinds of things. And it's not because we're smarter or better or our church is bigger or better or any of that. It's just a function of geography. It's w- literally where we live that we don't have to deal with some of the things that they have to deal with, whether that's sickness that's not as treatable or uh, weather that's not as um, preventable as far as destruction goes and things like that. Uh, there are certainly things that we uh, we probably take for granted there. Uh, on the note of suffering, I just it's a reminder that you can get in a routine of burying older church members, and it feels like over the last maybe two, three years, we've had sort of the the old guard of our church has been passing away. We've done a lot of those funerals for longtime members. Um, this was not a longtime member, and it was not an old person. It was not a senior citizen. It was somebody who you think of as being in the prime of life, and it's a reminder to me on some level that sin and the consequences of sin are no respecter of our expectations like it's just bad it's just ugly and horrific and 
there are so many situations where we laugh at sin and don't take the consequences of sin seriously. And a situation like this is so shocking. Um, it's just a reminder. Sin is really a big problem, and the consequences of sin are devastating. And for those who don't know Christ, are eternal. Um, and and uh, I think a situation like this can remind you of just how horrific sin is. And I hope for our youth and for our adults and for our church leadership that you you allow that shocking nature of sin and its consequences to spur you on towards holiness and sanctification, not in any attempt to earn your way with the Lord, uh, but to just be disgusted with sin and all of the consequences that go along with it. Along with that, I mean, I, I think kind of combining your two points, we <coughs> we get so shielded from sin uh, and, and how it goes, it reaches so far beyond just our willful choice. We, we, we tend to, I think, especially in America, we tend to focus on sin in the context of the choices we make. Mm. And, and sin just ravages creation far beyond the choices we make. It's it not just so, lying. Yeah. It's not just stealing a candy bar. It's not just lusting, but it's a condition of who we are, hmm. yeah. and it's something that has invaded creation. Yeah. And this is just such a in-your-face reminder of that. And and I think for, for us, uh, like, like you're talking about our geography, it's, it's, it's so much more weight-bearing on us because we are typically shielded from this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, it is just a, it should be for Christians, a severe eye opener to the ravages of sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Horrific. And it, and it gives you a sense of what Paul's talking about in Romans eight, where he talks about creation is groaning, longing, yearning, waiting for redemption, that the whole mess that we find ourselves in, uh, has been affected and is continually affected by sin. Not just bad decisions, not just mean words, but a condition of who we are as fallen people. Um, it's ruined all of it. And it should make you long for the redemption of all of it. Yeah. It's so obvious to look at a situation like this and to say, it shouldn't be this way. You know, you bury a, an 85-year-old man, and he lived a long, full life, and uh, had a great family and nice retirement, and there's some solace in that. There's some sense of expectation. That's how it goes. This is a very different situation. It's in your face, and it's so obviously not what is supposed to happen, um, that this this world system we live in is not the way God designed it to, to function and work, and someday it will be. Um, sin will be removed, not just in the individualistic sense of lying and meanness and cussing and lusting and all the rest, but in the brokenness that's invaded creation. So that's a good thought. Corey, what else? Anything else that you've thought about over the last few months? You know, I guess you can't really talk about this. Um, you can't talk about the, the bad part of this without thinking about the good in Braden's life. and Which was what? And the joy that that young man had, uh, you know the fact that we saw him come to a relationship with Jesus. We saw him mm-hmm. get baptized, and and then even as he was going through chemo and dealing with the sicknesses and the joy that he had, and 
I remember him coming to church and um, he was not about going and sitting with all the guys. He wanted to sit right in the <laughs> middle of a row of girls and, uh, and just the joy that he had, even in the midst, even when he knew his last days were here and he mm. was uh, confined to the, his bed and just wanting to encourage people as they came to visit him and wanting to be, you know, just a joy. And it just gives us hope. The fact that because of his relationship with Jesus, because of his uh, knowing where his eternal destiny was was going to end up, it was like you know this is this is what's happening. And he wasn't miserable. No, I mean not he was at all. sick, physically miserable, but he wasn't miserable. No. And I think people look at that in this situation or similar situations, and sometimes it's shocking. And people think, well. I can't believe how positive he is. I can't believe how upbeat he is. I can't believe he's still laughing and smiling and encouraging me. And um, I, I, a lot of times people think, I don't think I could do that if I was in that situation. Well, here's the reality. That wasn't Braden. That was the Lord Jesus working through Braden. Right. That was God giving Braden what he needed when he needed it in a supernatural way. And for the believer, you don't have to worry if I find myself in that spot, will I have it in me? You don't have it in you. No. But you have Jesus with you. You have the Spirit indwelling you. And the Lord will be faithful to give His people what they need when they need it. And if you don't need that kind of grace and power today, you shouldn't expect God to give it to you. And you should marvel that he is responding the way he's responding. Braden was responding the way he responded. But you also trust, should I face persecution? Should I face cancer? Should I face suffering? Should I face loss? Should I face grief? God will give me what I need when I need it to get through that. That was a remarkable thing to watch in his life. We often drove down the road to see him, hoping to encourage him, Hmm. and I think came back, encouraged by Daryl and Patty and Braden right. more than we felt like we encouraged them. We got more out of it than they did. So there you go. Jake, what do you think? Any other thoughts? <clears throat> I mean, just thinking about it from like a, a, a skeptic's perspective or like how an unbeliever would view this. Like, I mean, initially when it happened, I was like wrestling with the thought of like, that is not, fair Mm. that you would take this you know junior high boy who's you know one of the most mature junior high boys i've ever seen and he's like he is solid in his faith and like like that's not And even as a believer you're wrestling with that yeah yeah like i mean you were talking about the result the you know consequences of sin is death and like i get that from a theological perspective but when you see it happen, like, yes, the consequences of sin are death. Like, you just, it's a different side of it that you have to Pick the mean kid, not the with. nice kid. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. And there's a world of difference in knowing something, uh, knowing a spiritual truth intellectually, and then learning it in the core of your heart. Mm. And... You know, I asked you guys, what did you learn through all this? I don't know that you learned a new doctrine. 
like you came out on the other side saying, oh, I didn't know about the doctrine of sin. Oh, I didn't know about the doctrine of depravity. Oh, I didn't know. I mean, we knew those things, but there are certain situations in life and ministry and church that drive those truths home in a new way and give you a depth of understanding, a greater understanding of just what it is you've been preaching about and teaching about all these years. And that certainly happened here. I think for me, uh, one of the things that I have thought a lot about is, you know, the journey for Braden was, you're very sick, you're not going to get better. Then it kind of became, you're actually getting better. And then it became, no, you are better. You're, you're clear. You don't have cancer anymore. And then immediately shifted back to, no, you're not better, and there is not anything else that we can do. And somewhere in that last month or two of his life, he came to his last Sunday morning worship service, he came to his last Wednesday night youth group. If you dial the clock back, he went to camp, summer camp, for the last time. Uh, there was a last in all of the church events that he participated in. And when that last event happened, none of us knew it was the last one. And even with a kid that was really sick, we didn't know it was the last one. And then for suddenly... The doctors to say, you can't go back, you're going home, we're putting you on hospice care, and, and he did not come back to church, to youth, to whatever. You look back and say, you never know on a Sunday morning who may not be there the next Sunday. You never know on a Wednesday night youth group or a college Bible study, this could be my last chance to teach them or to speak to them or to encourage them or just to have fellowship with them and to enjoy that. And the opportunity, the stewardship that's demanded of, of what we do is so great. There's no, there's no Wednesday nights to waste. And that doesn't mean we, we preach for two hours every Wednesday night or every Sunday morning. doesn't mean you don't ever do anything fun, but it means you don't waste that time. That time has got to be redeemed, knowing that it could be our last chance. It could be our last chance to stand up and speak. It could be our family's last chance to gather with God's people. It could be a, a student's last chance to be there. And there should be a, a weight of responsibility that I think we feel to, to use the opportunities that God gives us and to not take those for granted. Any last thoughts? Anybody else? What do you got? Yeah. I just think, like, for an unbeliever— to see this whole scenario play out, it's got to be truly terrifying. Mm. Like this young boy, you know, died, you know, too early of cancer. And then that's it. Like, yeah, that's it. There's no reason like he's gone. That's it. But like for us as believers, just coming to terms with like, we do have hope. Like, beyond this life like it's not only in the physical world that we can see like god has a purpose in you know his death and he's going to bring something good out of it and mm -hmm. just i don't know like i think it's a it's a you know way for an unbeliever to to see 
yeah, the gospel. I think Christianity often gets attacked as if if all these things you believe about God are true, why is there so much suffering in the world? You don't have to like the answer the Bible gives, but the Bible does give an answer. Mm-hmm. There, there is an explanation about sin and fallenness and depravity and the consequences of that and the hope of redemption. There is an answer. To your point, many of the secular people who would criticize Christianity on that point have no answer. I mean, you look at this situation and you say, what is your explanation of this? And their explanation is, it's just chemistry. It is literally just chemistry. Molecules interacting. He got the wrong ones. It didn't go his way. That's it. That's the end. And I think as a human being, that's just not very intellectually satisfying to say it is what it is, and there's no sadness to it, there's no rightness or wrongness to it, it's just chemistry, predetermined chemistry. As a human being, you rage against that and you say, no, it shouldn't be this way. There's something inside of you that says it ought not be this way. And a secular worldview has no answer for that, other than to say, it just happened. You shouldn't really feel any way about it. There's no rightness, no wrongness, no good, no bad. It's just chemical reactions, and that's the result of them. That's not an intellectually satisfying answer at all. Yeah, great point. Any other thoughts? Man, I just—I am so grateful for the time that we have with Braden. Mm. Um. I'm grateful for Daryl and Patty bringing him in and bringing him to church and what that did for for his life. And ours. Yes, absolutely. Um, He he was a special kid, man. Mm. And he's the type of student that makes being a student pastor worth it. Mm. Mm. He, He was excited to come to Sunday school. He was excited to come to Bible studies. And he engaged in conversation. And the kid just had a brain for understanding the Bible. Mm-hmm. God revealed truth to him, and it changed his life because he would, I can't tell you how many times we would sit in small groups on Sunday nights, and I would have a point that I was trying to make, and he would he would make my point for me mm-hmm. and then jump to my next point. And I'm, and, and I'm sitting there looking at my notes, and, and I'm saying, dude, are you, can you see my notes? Do you know what I'm about to say? And he just, he had a hunger for the Bible. Yeah. And that is so refreshing as a student pastor. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he had such a hunger for the Word and was so, um, he was such a student and a learner and eager to come and hear. I don't think that's a coincidence when you connect that to how he handled the entire situation. Mm-hmm. I think those two things are related. Yeah. Um, was he as spiritually mature as a, 50-year-old believer who's been a Christian for 35 years? No, but he was growing. He was moving closer. He was learning new things. And we could see that when Daryl and Patty shared his journal with us. And you could dial it back two years ago, and it was pretty childish. And two years into the whole thing, or 18 months into the whole thing, there was a difference in his prayers, in his insights, and in what God was doing in his life. And that should be an encouragement for us. We don't always see that that internal development. And his his journal that we got to peek into and snoop on 
gave you some insight as to what God was actually doing in people's life. From our perspective, sometimes that growth and development is so slow and incremental, you don't even see it on the outside, but it is happening. And the word is powerful and it is changing people and growing people. And there's a day coming where they're going to need it. They're going to need that foundation to have been poured in their life for whatever it is that they're going to deal with. Um, so that was a that was a great thing to see in his life. We love Braden. Um, we love Daryl and Patty. Um, Daryl and Patty, for those of you who don't know, we've mentioned them uh, in this conversation. They they uh, took care of Braden the last couple of years. Uh, he lived with them, and uh, they uh, they did a great job investing in him and discipling him and making sure he was involved in church. And uh, we continue to pray for them as they deal with the grief of the whole deal. So there you go. Some thoughts on life and ministry and cancer and teenagers and uh, the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. We appreciate you guys joining us uh, for this episode as we talk about something a little more serious than what we uh, talk about sometimes, a little more weighty than some of the things we kick around. Uh, appreciate you guys being willing to, to think about this topic and visit about it with me. And uh, we will see you next month for a new episode of the Regular Pastor Podcast. Mm-hmm.